the first chapter of Acts, verses 1 through 11. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up towards heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. Well, I, I do have a message prepared, but after a song like that, I hardly feel like I need to preach. But, <laughs> but thank you, James. Thank you. That was, that was awesome. Well, let's think about patience for a little bit. How many of us see ourselves as patient people? Well, we hear some chuckles out there. <laughs> okay. You know, I think we all can be a little more patient than we are. And, you know, there's the old saint who's prayed, Lord, I, I want patience and I want it now, you know. <laughs> so we, we can all grow with that. Uh, I know that I, I hate to wait in a line. You know, I just, you know, thank the Lord for herself. When I pull myself, I'll look at my emails and stuff and kill the time that way. But you probably don't like waiting in line either. And there have been times when... Uh, <clears throat> I've cut people off in a conversation. You know, I, I, I'm just so anxious to say what I've got to say that I just cut them off and I'm not patient with conversations so often. And there's times when I just say to myself, boy, why, why did I say that? Well, that was pretty stupid. <laughs> but I said it anyway. Or I wish I, I hadn't done that. I wish I had waited. You know, I wish I had waited. So Jesus is here with his disciples after his resurrection and his instructions to them is to wait, to wait, to pray, to wait. He had a big job for them to do, to be starting the whole movement of being witnesses of his, 
to the very ends of the world. But he said, first, first you gotta wait. You gotta wait. You need power to do that. And guys, you don't have enough power on your own. You can't do it on your own. You need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And he reminded folks that, you know, remember, John baptized with water. It was a, a baptism of repentance, of sin. But you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, with power from above. So they were to wait for this empowerment to be witnesses. Uh, now the disciples asked Jesus if it was yet time to restore the kingdom of Israel. What was that all about? Well, these guys and a lot of others wanted Jesus to restore the nation the way it was under King David, under King Solomon, you know, powerful men, powerful kingdoms. But of course, Jesus said, no, that's, that's not what we're talking about, guys. We're not, we're not a political movement. And we're not a military movement. We are a, a movement of people who want to change the hearts and minds of others and turn people to their creator. That's, that's what your job is. It's to, it's to move people to look to, to God through, through me for salvation, to confess their sin, to repent of their sin, and look to God for salvation. And so this, this is what he called them to do, but they had to wait. And you know, it's, it's, it's not, not fun to wait. It's not fun to be patient about things. You know, there's the old saying, of course, strike when the iron is hot, right? You've heard that, strike when the iron is hot. Uh, but you have to wait till the iron gets hot, right? <laughs> there's some time there, if you strike before the iron is hot, you don't, you don't do much, you don't do much. A major dimension of our being disciples of Jesus Christ is, is being so closely related to him, abiding in him, that we know when to act and we know when to wait to act. Now, there's a wonderful example in the Old Testament I'd like to share with you today. When the Jewish folks under Moses' leadership just messed up big time because they weren't ready to strike when the iron got hot, and then when the iron was cold, they decided to strike, and it was not a bad, not, not a good situation. So we have the Jews, they've left Egypt, God has miraculously freed them from their slavery, in Egypt they're moving uh, to the promised land, to Palestine. And they get right up to the edge of Canaan, Palestine, and so Moses sends out spies, uh, one, man from each of the 12 tribes to check out the land. Go out there, men, check it out, find out what the land is like there across the Jordan. And so in uh, Numbers chapter 13, we read uh, this uh, description of all that, beginning in verse 17. Moses sent them out to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up there into the Negev and go up into the hill country and see what the land is like and whether the people who live in it are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land they live in is good or bad, and whether the towns that they live in are unwalled or fortified, and whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not. Behold, and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now it was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they go on out there to check out the land. 
and they return uh, and they, uh, they give this report. They said to Moses, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. And they had a big cluster of grapes that they had brought with them. Yet the people who live in the land are strong and the towns are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the land of the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live by the sea and along the Jordan. Moses, it doesn't look good for us. These people are powerful. They got fortified cities. And when, it, it, when they talk about the descendants of Anak, Anak was a giant man. And these, 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 these people are big. You know, we don't stand a chance against these people. We don't stand a chance. Now, going on, we have, uh, we have uh, Caleb. Caleb gives his response to all this. And uh, Caleb, uh, Caleb's 80 years old right now. But he, he gives this report. He says, the land that we went through as spies is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are no more than bread for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. But the whole congregation threatened to stone them, uh, them being Caleb and uh, Joshua. They didn't want to go, they didn't want to cross the Jordan. They, they believed the report of the man who said, we can't, we can't do this, we just can't do this. And then God says to Moses, how long will this people despise me? And how long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the signs that I have done among them? God was disappointed with these people. They just won't trust me. Yeah, they're big people. Yeah, they're fortified cities. So what? We can do this. I can do this with you. We can, we can conquer this land. He was angry. God was angry. And decided that of the 12 spies, only two of them would enter the promised land, Joshua and Caleb. The other 10 and all the people who were 20 years of age and older would die in the desert. They would not enter the promised land. Only those 20 years of age and younger would enter the promised land. Well, when they heard what God had said to Moses, the people were pretty upset. And they turned to Moses, and when Moses said, you're gonna die out here in the desert, they didn't wanna die out in the desert. So they turn to Moses and they say, okay, we'll do it. We'll, we'll charge across there, the Jordan, and we will conquer these people. They evidently thought they could change God's mind if they moved at that point. But the time had passed. Uh, it wasn't God's will for them to attack. And so we read 
in Numbers chapter 14, beginning at verse 39. When Moses told these words to all the Israelites, the people mourned greatly. They rose early in the morning and went up to the heights of the hill country, saying, Here we are. We will go up to the place that the Lord has promised, for we have sinned. But Moses said, Why do you continue to transgress the command of the Lord? That will not succeed. Do not go up, for the Lord is not with you. Do not let yourselves be uh, struck down before your enemies. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites will confront you there, and you shall fall by the sword. Because you have turned back from following the Lord, the Lord will not be with you. But they presumed, they presumed to go up to the heights of the hill country, even though the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and Moses had not left the camp. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in that hill country came down and defeated them, pursuing them as far as Hormah. So you see what happened here? When the people heard they were going to die out there in the desert, they said, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll go then. We'll go then. But the Lord had changed his mind. He said to Moses, don't, don't, don't send the people. But they said, well, well, we'll go anyway. Even if the Lord says not to go, we'll go anyway. We'll go anyway. You know, we, we can't presume that we, we have to be assured of God's direction in our lives. And, and, and these people were not. I mean, they should have attacked when God told them to attack. They would have been successful. But no, they, they, didn't, they didn't trust God. And a big part of living the Christian life, I believe, is that sense of assurance from God that what we're doing what we plan to do is really his will. And how do we, how do we, how do we know that? How do we know God's will? How, how do we know when to strike that iron, when the iron, iron is hot enough to strike? How, how do we determine that? Well, the major way that God gives us direction is through the scriptures, is through the scriptures. God will never call us to say something or do something that conflicts with Holy Scripture. So it's important for us to know our Bibles really well and in that way gain an assurance of God's direction. But there's another very important way to, to uh, have, a, have a sense of God's direction in our lives. And that's through the counsel of fellow believers. The counsel of fellow believers. Proverbs 15.22 says, Without counsel, plans go wrong. But with many advisors, they succeed. Without counsel, plans go wrong. But with many advisors, they succeed. Our family members, our friends who we know really love us, <clears throat> who really looking out for us, who really want the very best for us, <clears throat> we can trust their counsel. We can trust their advice. And we need people in our lives who know us well. People we've related to and we've shared our lives with and we can go to them and say, you know, I'm thinking about doing this or doing that. What do you think? And they might say, that won't work for you. That won't work for you. I really believe that um, our, our spouses, 
our family members, our close friends, in many ways know us better than we know ourselves. Because they can, they can see us from a perspective that we can't see ourselves. The truth is that uh, we all live in some level of denial. We all live in, we don't want to accept certain things as, as being true. We all have these blind spots. And we need, to pe we need people around us who we know love us to help us see the things we just can't see or that we're just denying, in denial about. <clears throat> so this is, this, these are two important guideposts. What does the Bible say about our plans, what we want to do? And what, what do those who love us counsel us about with the plans that we have? Um, if, if, the, if the people had not attacked when God was not telling them to attack, if they had not done that, if they had listened to the word of the Lord, and if they had heard Moses, who cared for them and loved them, they would have lived for many more years. But many of them died that day because they went against the counsel of the Lord and the counsel of Moses. Making decisions based primarily on our own understanding may be disastrous. May lead us away from God instead of towards God. Well, the disciples did what they were told to do. They waited. They simply waited. They prayed. They waited together. And that waiting was not in vain. Because on the day of Pentecost, when they gathered with amongst themselves as Jewish people to celebrate the day of Pentecost, which was a Jewish holiday, when they came together, the Holy Spirit filled their lives. And Peter, who, you know, who had been so afraid to, to be known as one of Jesus' followers. He lied about it, cursed out little serving girls saying that he was. What, what does Peter do? He stands up in front of thousands of people, basically says, I belong to Christ. I'm his disciples. You need to belong to Christ. You need to know Jesus as your Savior and Lord. So may our hearts and our minds be so tied to the Lord, so abiding in him, so uh, understanding of Holy Scripture and so open to the advisement of those who love us that we can know the Lord's will for our lives. Amen.